All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schneck. Really looking forward to today's conversation. A good friend of mine uh, recommended that I connect with today's guest and doing a little research on her and hearing about some of the books that she has written and is writing. I'm uh, really excited to present her to the, to you all because I think there's a lot of value in the message that she's talking about, both from a conversation standpoint of how to become a power connector, as well as how to fund your organization to very critical. And there is an obvious tie-in between those two. So let's get to it. We're joined this morning by Judy Robinette. She's a funding expert, author, and speaker. Judy, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here, Todd. I'm delighted to have you. Thanks for carving out some very valuable time. I know you are a very, very busy person, and so I'm grateful for the the time you're sharing with us today. Judy, before we get into our uh, critically important conversation, take a few quick seconds, inform the audience just a bit about you and your background. Okay, so, you know, I started life in the corporate world and and decided after reading a Wall Street journal on how to become financially independent that I would kind of jump into the startup world. And it's been a fascinating journey. I work with high potential startups. I sit on venture capital boards. And, you know, nobody gets funded unless uh, they have warm introductions. So I became pretty adept at building a, a very robust, deep and wide network globally. You know, I'm an author. I give speeches globally. So that's a, a little quick summary. Again, thank you for making time, Judy, to join us. Uh, the first book, which I believe was a book of the year from uh, Inc. Magazine 2014, if I have that right, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's How to Be a Power Connector. So let me tell you something. I, yeah, I, I have a feeling most people listening to this is one of those subjects that people say, ah, you know what, I'm good at this. I, I'm, yeah, I would consider myself a power connector. You and I both know that most people are not, which is probably why you had to write the book in the first place. So, so tell us about the book and, and how do you define exactly what is a power connector? So, you know, the reason I wrote the book in the first place, Todd, is, you know, people would come to me every week frustrated that they couldn't get where they needed to be, find the resources for their goals. And a big one was how to get, you know, funded. And it really hurt my heart when I would speak globally at the big bio conferences. I was CEO of a biotech company that I'd meet just fantastic uh, scientists and doctors who arguably had a cure for something and couldn't connect the dots to the funding. And so I finally decided that I'd write a book, and and my major reason was for people to understand there is no lack of resources. We have 7.5 billion people on the planet, 369 trillion in global private wealth. 
And, you know, countless opportunities and information doubling. They say with the Internet of Things, information will double every 24 hours. And that is all the building blocks you need. But the reality is they're all attached to a human being. People write the checks, know of the best jobs, know of the best deals. And after years of being shy and, you know, I was bullied in junior high, I didn't know anybody of power, wealth, or influence. And so, you know, Mark Burnett endorsed my book. I'm, I'm friends with several billionaires. I've been on panels with Mark Cuban. And people started saying, how did you do this? So I decided that, you know, this would be kind of a pay it forward for me to share with others how to be power connected. And, and you're right, most people aren't. And for me, it's very simply having 25 go-to people that are diverse across industries and it's robust, meaning people will return your phone calls and it's deep, meaning there's people of gravitas and influence who, who not only can help you, but will help you. So what, what I find, Todd, is after that first circle of five to 15 people that are your friends and family, the next one out tends to be people just like you. You go to the same conferences, you know, whatever. And then when, you know, you take a detour in your career or you want to start a company, then you hit the wall because you don't have people to turn to. And so to me, Power Connected is that you're connected to just a few quality relationships that if you add in some strategy, you can get to any goal you need. Judy, you know, I told you pre-show that we have a, a startup technology segment to the network here. And so uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, I spend an awful lot of time hanging out in various uh, incubators. And I, I look at the calendar of events, and there's just endless endless uh, sessions there that work on your pitch and to how to how to tell your story in front of a crowd and it's all this idea of of how to pitch your startup when i feel like now that i'm thinking about what your message is and what your focus is here with this idea of of being a power connector i seem like there's not nearly as much discussion going on in that space about how to actually forge these relationships I mean, I, I think that must be a glaring hole in this space. I mean, I mean it, it's people get deluded by thinking that they read the latest article about Uber and it just raised another gazillion dollars and all that. It's harder for the rest of us to have to really figure this out. Is, is that a problem? Is that there's, there's too much focus yes. on the pitch versus how to actually build this network? Yeah, that's a big one. And, and the other big one, Todd, frankly, is, you know, to be viewed as a high potential startup you need to begin with the end in mind, which from the investor standpoint is your exit. So 95% are strategic sales, 5% are IPOs. But you have to understand the investor's mindset. So a big mistake people make, and, and this is in their pitch and how they approach investors, is it's focused on their Kool-Aid, you know, how brilliant their product or their technology is. Investors want to know the business, the upside of the, the business. And so, you know, you have to first understand that mindset, what the investors are looking for. And yes, you have to get a great, concise pitch deck, but it's absolutely critical that you understand the funding ecosystem. For example, you know, angels are dispersed equally across the United States from north to south, west to east. In the United States, there's over 300 angel groups, you know, wealthy people or, or entrepreneurs who've made it, who love to mentor and, and coach folks. Most people think, you know, they have to move to Silicon Valley. Now, it's true the majority of funding does come out of Silicon Valley, then followed by New York, but everywhere else in the United States. And then you have to, you know, really understand how to get in the right room. And, and this is the problem I see 
almost regardless of the goal people have. You know, they're working hard, 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 almost like, you know, in a maze being a rat instead of keep running around. You know, get your head up over and look over, over the edge. So, so you're right. And I've actually created a program called Crack the Funding Code that's an eight-week webinar series that I actually connect people to investors. You know, I've heard VCs say, if you can't figure out how to get a warm introduction to me, you can't figure out how to get a customer. If you can't do this, then chances are the business is not going to succeed long term because of the simple matter of being able to sell this. I mean, you talk about warm introductions, and again, that's one of those one of those concepts that when you ask ten people to define that, you get ten different answers. It's it's more than just going to a chamber mixer and getting a business card. That's not a warm introduction. No, no. Uh, probably 90% of the networking meetings out there are a waste of time. So, you know, I say to people, if there's not people smarter than you in the room or can bring resources you need, you're in the wrong room, literally. Uh, and you can work hard. You can go to tons of these events, but they're probably the wrong event. So, you know, a secret for everybody is consider joining a powerful organization. You know, figure out where the people you need hang out. So it turns out everybody's got a problem, but there's a whole other group that have got a solution and they're looking for your problem. So investors, uh, you know, they call me every week, you know, find me a good deal. And, and every week I have entrepreneurs calling me, I, you know, I can't get funded. There's no money out there. <laughs> and part of that is the inefficiency of the market. And if you joined, for instance, when I first moved to Salt Lake, I didn't know anybody and uh, someone suggested that I serve on a, a financial committee for a governor's race. And I agreed. I wasn't quite sure what I would do, but I agreed. At, you know, by the time we'd had our third meeting, I'd met my second billionaire out of Park City. There, there's another fellow that I met in Salt Lake that was hired to become a wealth manager. He came from back east. He was black. He was gay doesn't quite fit with the conservative Salt Lake kind of environment. Uh -huh. And in two years, he had built this terrific book of business. And I said to him, how did you do this? And he said, I joined the symphony. That's where the wealthy people hang out that I needed for clients. Mm, that's a fascinating story. Yeah. Uh, Judy, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I, I, I started hanging out in those networking groups, right? And, and I quickly realized it was a waste of my time, and, and I don't, not to impugn them, there is a lot of value to be had there, but, but I, I don't do that anymore. I don't go to those kinds of events anymore. What I do is I, I invite fascinating, intriguing, connected people onto my show, and I, and I talk to them, some people like Judy Robinette. That's how I, can, <laughs> that's how I connect with, with people that, that can move and shake in the, in the business world. So before we go to break, uh, and correct me if I, if I phrase this the wrong way, but I'm curious to, if you can give me a quick overview of what this 50 plus, or, or, I'm sorry, this 5 plus 50 plus 100 system is and how that affects your, your power connecting strategy. Yeah, so, you know, most people are out there diligently, you know, trying to get thousands of people on LinkedIn or Facebook, and, and those people will never have your back. So the, the 150 is Dunford's law that say groups fall apart at 150. You, you can't manage any more than that. Even Roman armies were set up that way. The first circle of people around you is that 5 to 15, and that's your close friends and family. But the gold, in my view, is in that next circle, the 25 to 50 people. And if you've positioned yourself correctly, that's all it takes to get anywhere you need to go. Yep, makes perfect sense. And you go into great depth on that in the book, How to Be a Power Connector. All right, Judy and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. 
This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Wella is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right, I am back with Judy Robinette, funding expert, author, and speaker. So, Judy, let's shift a bit to the actual funding strategy. I have a feeling most organizations that dive into that go into it without a very critical thing called strategy. Walk walk us through a couple of key steps. Now, obviously, this is built on a foundation of being a power connector. That's obviously really, really critical here, but... In terms of the actual process, uh, what, are, what are some key things that an organization that's looking for funding needs to do? You know, probably uh, the most important thing is really to understand who would provide the funding you need. So that's very different for an early stage seed company going after angels rather than someone looking for $50 million that wants access to the VCs. So it's critical to understand that VCs are are very different. You know, some of them only specialize in life science. Some of them specialize only in tech. You you need to understand that and, you know, really pinpoint who your target is, frankly. Well, it goes to this idea of of fishing in the right ecosystems, right? I mean, I imagine a lot of people that get into this. Again, I'm thinking about a lot of the startups that I interact with here in, in Atlanta, but I'm sure this is a problem or a scenario that's as common virtually everywhere is is they they say, "Ooh, I want to get the you know the the famous guys, the Tim Ferrises, to to buy into this thing." When in fact, that's probably the wrong thing to do. How, how do you be, how do you begin to to identify? You you mentioned this earlier about these ecosystems. How do you how do you really begin to figure out where to fish? Well, you know, part of it is just doing some research, and you can find this out online. I, I mean, if you Google how to get funded, you can find, you know, enormous amounts of information. But, you know, I have people, for instance, look up the National Venture Capital Association or the Association for Angel Investors. Look at AngelList, one of the, the biggest platforms in the world now that has angels coast-to-coast coast and, and globally. I think they now have access to 800,000 angel investors. And so just by doing a little bit of research into the, the ecosystem and, and understanding, and that is from you know crowdfunding through angels, through VCs, and then the next layer that most people are unfamiliar with, Todd, is we have mutual funds, foundations, and family offices investing in startups, but probably the most critical one is the corporate VCs. So for instance, I sit on Illuminate VC in Silicon Valley. On our advisory board, we have the guy who runs Intel's VC arm, the woman who runs IBM's VC arm. And it turns out there's more corporate VCs than there are regular VCs. There's over 800 of them. And so, you know, just getting yourself uh, to understand that and do a, a little research. 
Judy, this isn't necessarily the sandbox that you play in, but I imagine you have some wise counsel to share here. There are a lot of people listening to this that at some stage in the development of their organization, they will need to seek funding. But I think some organizations dive into that too soon. Where, where do you draw the where's the strategic fine line between? All right. At this stage, we can we can bootstrap this. And then, and then once we get to a certain level of our development, we can then shift into this funding mode. Any any advice and counsel you can share there? Absolutely, and, and critical question, great question, Todd. So Phil Graham, who founded Y Combinator, is famous for saying there's only two reasons a startup fails. Number one is lack of a customer. Number two is lack of funding. So I'll have a lot of people call me, and they've got this brilliant idea but they don't have a customer. That's almost impossible to get funded. So you can proof, you know, uh, it's called proof of concept by just finding a potential customer, even getting a letter of intent, you know, making sure that you're away from your desk, you're out with actual customers finding out really what they want. This week I had a gentleman call me. He'd raised $4.5 million to build a platform, and when it was finished, the customer wasn't interested. So it's critical to, to get the customer first. And as soon as you have that, you're pretty good to go. So the, you, know, you really want a prototype or, or a product first. Then you want your first customer. And then you want your first outside money. And you want to be careful who you get money from because some angels are devils and some ventures are, are vultures. But every community has got angel investors. You can find them through incubators. You can find them through local colleges that have entrepreneurial programs. And a secret I'll tell you is you share your story and then you ask my two golden questions. Number one, what other ideas do you have for me and who else do you know I should talk to? That will get you everywhere. That really is how I know billionaires and, and what I've been able to accomplish in my life. Yeah, I imagine most people aren't asking those two questions, which is sadly criminal. So let's close on this. Uh, I believe the new book, which I think is coming out later this year, correct me if I'm wrong, is Crack the Funding Code. You mentioned that earlier. So tell us about that. You also referenced uh, an eight-week course associated with that. Tell us all about that. Yeah, so the, the course was developed because so many people, I found out I was telling them the same thing over and over, and I decided most of the crap that's out there, whether it's with incubators, really don't focus on the few critical things that will get you over that tipping point to get funded. And so I crafted it to be not simplistic, but, but simple. And, and, you know, the first module is indeed understanding the investor's mindset getting your business model correct, and then how to do the strategic network. And it ends with, when you're ready, introductions to angels and VCs. And my first book actually was going to be on how to get funded. And then my agent, when she saw the list of people I was going to interview, she said, how do you know these people? And I told her, and she goes, forget it. We need to do a book on strategic networking. Mm. But now I'm back to doing the second book, Crack the Funding Code, because Doing the, the webinar has really shown me how powerful it is. Our first guy that came in the program by week six is in front of angels. He already has an offer to sell the company. And so, you know, dividing information in that 80-20 is, is absolutely critical. Otherwise, you just waste lots of time and lots of money. Yeah, you mentioned the investor's mindset. I it's one thing to be connected to someone. It's it's quite another to understand that mindset. Any advice and counsel there? Yeah, so you have to begin with the end in mind. You have to be really clear on your exit. Go look for comparable companies that have sold in your space. 
you know, there's obvious red flags that, that show up, make you look like a deer in headlights. If someone asks you what your customer acquisition cost, if I have people that say, you know, if I just get 1% of the Chinese market, we'll all be billionaires, that shows me you're an amateur, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, so there's some obvious, you know, red flags in there. And, and the, the other thing is you need to mitigate risk as seen by the investor. And, and Todd, I'll send you two or three articles you can put in the, the show notes that will help, and that will be one of them. That would be great. So, Judy, as we record this, it's mid-January 2016. When will this book be out? You know, it's going to sell in the spring. I think it'll be out by next fall. Outstanding. All right. Well, Judy, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation. Lots to share here. A lot more we could do. I have a feeling we'll have you back on the show and continue uh, diving deeper into some of these subjects. Uh, but for today, before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have any questions? Where can they learn about your work? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of your book? You know, you can. Uh, my my book is on Amazon, and you can find it easily there. I'm on LinkedIn. Twitter, at Judy Robinette, no E on the end, and I have a website, you know, JudyRobinette.com. All right. Judy Robinette, funding expert, author, and speaker, author of the book, How to Be a Power Connector, and the new one coming this fall, Crack the Funding Code. Judy, a real pleasure to connect. Thanks again for stopping by and making time. Thank you. It's a joy. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Judy Robinette, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Bye.